every journey to motherhood is unique. Some of us have more difficult paths to navigate, while others follow the straight and narrow, hitting bumps further on down the road. Hi, I'm Sonia. I'm a mom whose journey to motherhood did not come easy. Here at Coffee and Grace, we have open and honest conversations about motherhood, provide hope to those who are anxiously waiting to become a mama, and a community where you can truly feel safe to speak your truth. The conversations here are honest, true, hard, and beautiful. Go find your coffee. Welcome to Coffee and Grace. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. Hello, and welcome to the Coffee and Grace podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Brown, and today is episode two of a six-episode podcast series called Journey to Motherhood. Every journey to motherhood is unique, each so compelling. Some of us have more difficult paths to navigate before reaching our final destination, while others follow the straight and narrow, hitting bumps further on down the road. For all of us, however, motherhood is a roller coaster that brings inexplicable joy and unavoidable pain, making us feel as if our hearts might leap right through our chests. To celebrate all of motherhood, we at Coffee and Grace are giving opportunities to women in this community to share their personal stories. Today, I am joined by Sarah Mensch from Colorado Springs, Colorado, who will be sharing her personal story to motherhood. Sarah and I instantly connected over social media as we both went through an infertility and adoption journey. But I don't want to give too much away, as I know Sarah will be sharing her story with all of us today. So with that, welcome, Sarah. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you so much. So I know a little bit about you, but I'm not sure if our listeners um, know anything about you. So let's take this time to share with our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Well, as you said, my name is Sarah. I currently work at a local university as a communications manager. Um, My husband and I have been together over 15 years and have been married nine of those. Um, I am a working mom, but I have an amazing schedule and an incredible boss who understands what being a parent is, Um, so I can't ask for a better schedule. And we have one little blessing. Our little baby boy was born via adoption um, on on our ninth wedding anniversary, actually, so he was quite the the wedding anniversary present. No kidding. Wow. That's great. So, Sarah, you know this, but I speak a lot on this platform that there are a variety of ways to build a family. And I know my personal story to motherhood is a pretty good testament to this as well. But I'd like to give you this opportunity to share about your journey to motherhood and how you became blessed with the little boy that you have. Sure. Thank you very much. Well, I'm sure you're familiar with the saying, if you want to make God laugh, you tell him your plans. And our plans were to have three little children and two biological, preferably twins, like one and done, right? Um, And then adopt our final piece of our puzzle. But um, our plans were not God's plans. There were a lot of bumps and bruises. And um, we started with a, if it happens, it happens mindset several years ago. And then pretty soon it turned into, why isn't this happening? And Mm -hmm. after a plethora of tests, we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility. And as you know, that leaves a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs and whys. Um, 
But as I've taken on to realize is that just because it's unexplained now doesn't mean that it will be unexplained later. Uh, Medical Mm. advances just haven't got caught up to us yet. And it's not that uh, out of one out of every eight face infertility, right? And out of one of those, one out of every five are unexplained. So it's like we're a bigger community than what we really think we are. Um, So sidetracked, we decided, well, okay, if... If we're going to be unexplained right now, but we're healthy, happy humans, then maybe we should start with adoption first because our goal was just to have a family. Um, just having kids one way or the other, that's all that really was matter. That was really important to us. So we chose adoption. Um, we began interviewing agencies in February of 2018, and we submitted our first application to our chosen agency of May of 2018 and was accepted by that agency in June. Um, in between February and May, we interviewed several agencies, some of which said that the more money you have, the quicker you can, um, and you're willing to put into adoption, the quicker you can become parents, which was totally disheartening that something like that is still happening in our society. Mm. Um, we interviewed one agency and they had a five-year wait list just to get off the wait list to even submit an application. Um, Oh my gosh, that must have been like kind of discouraging a little bit. It it really was. Um, I remember leaving that agency and receiving a text from my husband just stating that I love you no matter what happens. You're beautiful. And I know Mm -hmm. you know that, but like just this encouraging text. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, we, we can get through this. So, right. Um, so from June 18 to September is of 18 is when we were home study approved, but Um, We powered through that in a little over three months, but it wasn't without hiccups. And looking back, I guess I should have known that it was a sign of how our journey was going to unfold. Um, Those those three months were a time of transition. Um, It was a transition of how the state would run our background checks. So we had to do those twice. Um, It was a time of transition for our agency to do home studies to be conducted. So we had to do an extra one after the fact. A transition time of paperwork and classes needed and and how to pass the home safety study inspection, which we found out the day of the home safety inspection. So um, (laughs) I was like, can you go for a walk while I look over this list? That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. So um, in December, we were on a conference call when we learned that the average wait time that we were told back in May and June was exaggerated by several years, actually. Um, What we learned is that when you ask that question, the agencies tend to give the best answer, right? Because they're still a business. So they gave the national average and not their local average. Um, So it was once again, discouraging and disheartening, but we were already toying with the idea of using a consulting agent. So that just kind of confirmed our decision. Okay. Um, So in January, we started calling around January of 19. We started calling around and again, having those conversations. And it just blew our mind how everyone operated so differently for the same end goal. Um, Mm -hmm. But we found one and we were um, active with them on April Fool's. Um, so it was kind of funny to call up everyone and say, we're active. And they're like, wait, April fools or are you joking? Uh, Are you serious? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Were you already active? So, um, within a matter of weeks, we were given opportunities to present to several different families. Um, but for one reason or another, we had to say no. And we didn't realize how, how hard each time we said no was going to be. 
Um, Mm. But we said we were going to be open and honest through the whole thing. And if something didn't feel right, or if we were not able to meet the requirements of the expectant parents or the child, we said no. Can I ask you a question, Sarah? Just when you described, you said presenting to the birth parents. So what does that mean? Because that's a little bit unfamiliar to me even going through an adoption journey so explain that a little bit more like what do you mean absolutely I'm glad you asked and sometimes we get caught up in our uh, our terminology right so I'm glad you asked um so some agencies well no matter what agency you go through you have to have a profile book right so that we were explained to have that book um show the expectant parents or the birth parents what life would be like with a child in your home. So at first I was like, how do you do that? We don't have kids. Like our whole life is going to be turned upside down. Mm -hmm. Um, But we put together our profile books as openly and honestly as we could. And some agencies, they gather all your requirements ahead of time. So they asked hard questions such as, will you take a child um, with special needs? Will you take a child of rape or incest? Like hard questions. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's those topographical questions too, right? Like, do you want a boy or a girl? Do you want one or two? Right. Um, do you mm-hmm. want blonde hair, blue eyes? And all we were really looking for was happy and healthy. Like nothing else mattered. Just happy, healthy, 10 fingers, 10 toes. That would be great. Um, other agencies, they take the expectant or birth parent um, preferences and then they call contact you and say do you want to review this case and if so do you want to present your profile to them so on one case on the ones that you don't know about on one hand they just present based off of your your um requirements they present your profile without you knowing okay other agencies you get to look at expectant parents' information, and then you get to decide if you get to show your profile. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yes. So when we presented, it's or when we had the opportunity to present our profile, um, that's what that whole thing encompasses. So you might have stated this, but from what I'm hearing, were you active with multiple agencies? So good question. Um, So with our state agency, it was actually a national agency as well. So even though we were active within our state and most of our cases would come from our state, um, anyone within the national agency could actually find our profile on their website and review that. Okay. Um, Again, if they met with the... um, the qualifications. Again, happy, healthy. We weren't terribly picky. (laughs) I feel like those are pretty low. Yeah. Um, With the consulting agency, what they do is they work with additional agencies. um, So it expands your reach. And typically consulting agencies, they um, match you within a matter of months versus years. Wow. So instead of working just with our state agency and maybe having a national national search done, um, we expanded our agencies by an additional six within different Mm -hmm. states. Okay. Um, One thing about the United States is that there's high risk and low risk states, which means that it's the time of period from the time the child is born to the time that the birth parents relinquish their rights. So the longer the wait, the higher risk state that is, and each state varies. So consulting agencies typically only work in low-risk states. So birth parents have an average of five, three to five days to sign off their rights. 
So while we expanded our reach, we kind of narrowed down the states in which we would be chosen from. Okay. Clear as mud? Clear as mud. Yes. A little, <laughs> awesome. so it's, it's interesting to me because you're like the dynamic of the agencies and the process um, is just so different than me. Um, we also did a profile book that you described and, and we sort of had that checklist that asked sort of those really hard questions that you described. Right. But within our agency, our profile book was shown like without us knowing it was shared to birth parents. And then once they wanted to meet us and they were only able to choose one family to meet at a time. So it wasn't like we were in competition with five other ones. Um, They chose one family to actually meet in person in hopes to solidify a match. And then that is when you meet them in person. So similar, but different than yours. Yours just has so many other curves and um, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's just fascinating. And I know the United States is so much different than Canada and even in Canada, each province does it so differently too. So I'm sure even people in a different province than me could agree, but thank you for clarifying that. I'm just sure maybe some people just weren't really sure about the specifics of that. So sorry, you can carry on where you left off. Oh, no, no worries. I'm glad that you asked. Um, So anyway, each no was really hard, but we also said yes to some. And when we said yes, we were also given a no back, but we chose to look at those no's that's not yet. Um, So with our consulting agency, she stated, um, the person that we worked with, that our average wait would be about three and a half months. So when we started sliding down the backside of that average wait time, I think that's when things got kind of rough. Like, you start questioning a lot more, like, why? <laughs> because you don't hear, you just hear, yes, we say yes, present our profile, and then they come back and say, no, you were not chosen. You don't know the question why. You don't know if it's a picture in your profile book or if it's, if you don't know why. So it became a little bit harder. Um, but during this time, our background checks had to come back and be renewed yet again. And the process had changed one more time from the year before. (laughs) So they were supposed to come back quicker. But when we did mine, they were supposed to come back in two to four business days. And when they did mine, no one could figure out where they were. Um, They knew that they had sent them, but no one could track them down at any mailbox, at any agency or anything. Um, once they were found several weeks down the road, they were, it was discovered that my background checks were ran under my maiden name. Um, so which certain states won't take. So if we were to be chosen from a state that needs your background check from a married name, and I can only present my married name or my maiden, yeah, my married name, my maiden name, then we couldn't, um, comply with ICPC to come home. Um, do you have ICPC up in Canada as well? So I'm not familiar with that. So what is, so I must not, because I'm not familiar with that. ICPC stands for um, Interstate Compact um, on the Placement of Children. Okay, so I'm not familiar. I'm not sure if there's a similar um, thing, but I'm personally not familiar with that. That's fair. So when a child is placed for adoption in the States, um, the child is actually turned over once birth parents sign their rights away to the state. Um, the state gives um, 
rights, if you will, to the state agency or whatever agency you use. And the agency contacts your home state to say, hey, this child, this person is leaving our state with our child. Um, do you have all the background checks? Do you have all the paperwork? Um, and they go back and forth. And this process can take up to a month. Um, so, but we didn't want to be in a state where we couldn't leave because my background checks were ran with a different name. Um, and to add to all this craziness, um, our consulting agency had a temporary close down to an emergency and our state agency just informed us that they were also closing effective pretty much immediately with their doors to adoption. And all of a sudden we were at a standstill, wrong background checks and no agencies were able to work with us at the time. Um, so those were a couple, wow. couple rough weeks, <laughs> just oh, to gosh. say the least. No um, our state agency did present us with some options, but ultimately we decided that they weren't the right opportunities for us. Um, we did know that they were going to keep open their doors for foster care. So we asked them if they could continue their services, but in a contractor capacity. Because once we brought home a child, we would still need um, post-placement visits. We would still need help with um, legal and state information. We'd still need help with any home study renewals. Um, so we cleared that hurdle by finding another solution, which was good. Um, and then once the agents, the consulting agency opened their doors, we we picked up acceleration once again. Okay. Um, so not to bore you, numbers one through 13, but um, one weekend my husband was out in California and I was here and we get a case and this is lucky number 13 and we think this is it. Like yes. if there's something, this is it. Um, and we slam out all the information because every time that you present with a new agency, you have to fill out their paperwork. So in the year that we did all of our paperwork, we did over a ream of paperwork. So over 500 pages of paperwork between all the agencies, which is crazy. Um, so we slam it, out, slam it out between the two of us in different states. And this was Friday. Saturday, we wait. Sunday, we wait. Monday, we're like, this is it. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. Except we were told that the family got impatient over the weekend, took to Instagram and found a family that way. And we were no longer even in the running. Yeah. So this was 13. And within a, just a matter of minutes, we get 13.2 because technically 13 didn't count, right? We didn't actually get to show our profile. Okay. Um, and mom was due the next day in a neighboring state. Would we want to present our profile? Sure. Not a problem. So we present our profile. I get a call that says, mom would like to speak to you. Um, do you have time? And I said, yes, my husband will be home later. She said, no, there's no time. Um, next thing I know, I'm on the phone with her. She asked five quick questions. I hang up the phone and I'm like, what whirlwind was that? But mm -hmm. like, so we're pacing, my husband gets home and we're pacing the house and He's running around looking for matching socks because what else do you do at this time? <laughs> what else do you do? Yeah, find right? matching I'm, socks. Exactly. I'm writing down everything that could possibly, like, what would we have to do in the next two hours to get to the state in time, cross the state lines and get to where she's at? And then we get this text message that's that says, sorry, you were not chosen. And immediately following, we got an email that says, congratulations to this other family for being chosen and will be traveling tonight. My heart broke. Oh. Like I was oh, done. Oh. That was so much up and down in twenty in less than twenty four hours. 
Um, I sat out back and cried and my dog is trying to figure out what's going wrong with me and my husband can't console me. And I'm like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, this has been such a hard journey. It's only been 10 months, but it's been so fueled by everything that maybe we Mm -hmm. should just travel the world. Like maybe we're not even listening to what God wants right now. As I'm sitting there in the back chair, like in the rocking chair, um, we get yet another opportunity. Um, and I can't read it. My husband reads it and he's like, I think we really need to present. I said, I can't like, I, I can't, my heart will not take this. He said, happy, healthy baby. It, it, we need to present on this. I said, you know what, if you feel it, then fine. I'm going to go to bed. You can do what you want. (laughs) And that was on a Tuesday. She was supposed to review our profile on Friday and Friday. I was finally actually able to read the information about this parent, um, she was a single parent and I was like, wow, this, this actually sounds okay. But I'm praying this whole time, Lord, don't break my heart again. Like I can't do it. I can't go to work. I just can't. I'm done. Um, Friday rolls around. We don't hear anything Saturday, Sunday. That's pretty typical. And Monday we hear, um, she has not yet reviewed any profiles. So to kind of put a little pause on this profiles on some agencies, you can have your profile shown multiple times during the same. So review. Um, your profile can be reviewed at the same time by multiple families and others you cannot. So this was um, an agency that if we were presenting, we could not show our profile to any other agencies or any other families. So now I'm kind of kicking the dust thinking, great, we're losing out on another opportunity. Um, A couple days go by and we still haven't heard. And my husband's grandfather passes away. So, and I'm like, okay, maybe this is okay that we we're not shown because we need to take care of this family thing right now. So we fly out to California and while we, we get there on a Thursday and we get a text message that says, um, she has chose, she's down between two families. Would you like to do a video conference or a phone call with her? We're like, sure. So we tell the agency what's going on. Hey, we're out here to you know, honor a loved member of our family. Mm -hmm. We can't do anything Saturday or Monday, um, but we can do something Friday or um, Friday or um, Sunday. And next thing I know, we're talking face to face via Skype with this beautiful person. Mm -hmm. Like I just got out of the shower. I barely have on mascara and my hair's wet. And she's like done up to the nines and this beautiful girl. And I'm like, oh, She's, she's not going to say yes. Like, look at us. <laughs> we've, been, <laughs> we've been traveling and this is where people judge people at. Like, this isn't cool. So before we hang up and she says, I have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday. Would you like to come out to the ultrasound with us? And I think my whole world stopped at that point. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember breathing. I don't remember where my husband was in that room. I just remember looking at her and going, are, mm-hmm. are we serious right now? Like you're not joking. Like this is, this is, this is really happening. So Saturday we did a celebration of life and some of the family knew what was going on and they were asking. So we didn't feel like it was the right time, but they told us that a celebration of life is for all life. So everyone was really excited that we were going to change our plans and go down and go to her doctor's appointment on Tuesday So we did a burial on Monday, caught a red-eye flight, and went straight down and (laughs) called up the house sitter and the dog sitter and my work. And I was like, just so you know, what I don't know what's going on, but we're not going to be there on Tuesday. Um, So Tuesday, we were sitting 
I made my husband walk a mile in the Texas heat uh, because I didn't want to pay for an Uber and I was super anxious <laughs> and I changed my outfit probably 13 times that day and I didn't realize it. But uh, that night I took off my shirt and I was like, I had my shirt on backwards the entire day. <laughs> so that's the day. that. <laughs> um, so we went out to lunch and it's kind of awkward, but there's that instant connection too. And I'm sure you felt it with your birth family, right? Like mm-hmm. as soon as you see each other in person, you're, I just wanted to hug her and tell her everything was going to be okay. Like whatever she needed. So we went out to lunch and she again asked, I'm I'm going to a doctor's appointment. Do you want to come? Like, yeah, yes. Like, how do I not sound so eager? Like, yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, When can we go now? Like, start the car. (laughs) I'll get an Uber this time. I promise. So we went to the doctor's appointment and it really hit me at that point when the um, social worker introduced everybody to the tech and she looked over and she's like, and this will be mom and dad. And I was like, oh, like this isn't just a vacation. Like this isn't some dream. Like we are here and this little tiny life that's dancing in front of us on the big screen, like it's, it's real. Like that's our, going to be our little boy. And she said it multiple times. I'm just the surrogate for the child you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who you are, but when you hear that, your heart just like rips out of your chest and is like given to her in her palm. Like you can do whatever you want with it at that point. That's amazing strength. Wow. So over the next three weeks, we spent more time with her than we did at home. I, work was amazing. Everyone understood. Um, and we were actually able to be in the delivery room with her. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the social worker moving away and she's saying, hold her leg. And as I'm holding her, she um, reaches out and holds my hand. She didn't reach for anyone else's hand. So now I'm like streaming tears and everyone's like, oh, get it together. I'm like, I can't. So yeah, no um, kidding. Just a powerful, very speedy, after so many bumps and bruises and lessons learned, oh my gosh, we learned so much that no one even tells you. Um, It it all came together. And like I said, he was born on our ninth wedding anniversary. So I, yeah, he's pretty amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Those stories just bring all the emotions and all the feelings. And that is just such a beautiful, beautiful story. And Thank you. A beautiful, hard story. And I think it's just so important to talk about and share about and like listening to your story and just that strength and that perseverance. Like there are so many times where you could have just given up. It would have been easier because it's just and unless you've been through it, it's hard to understand what that's like. But it's you know, in the end that you need to pull it together and push through because you have a goal in mind and that is to become a mom and you would do anything to do that. But when you're in the thick of those roadblocks or bumps or, where you really start to feel. And when you even started questioning, like maybe we should just travel the world. Maybe we're not meant for this. Maybe God has another plan for us and we're not listening to it, but you just knew deep down that, maybe the journey to get to motherhood might not have been what you imagined it to be, but you knew you were going to get there. And I think your outcome and being blessed with that little boy is just a testament to if you're going through this yourself, just hopefully this gives you hope 
that just continue to find strength in your partner, continue to find strength in faith or whatever that looks like for you. And just keep waking up every day and pushing through. And you are just a testament to that. So that was just an incredible story. It was it was more than we could have ever imagined. And I think that was something that was deep down inside, like whispering, it's better than you'll ever imagine. Like, just wait. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening today and supporting the Coffee and Grace podcast. Building this community has given me so much joy, and I can't thank you enough for being here. Motherhood can be hard, and for many of us, the journey to motherhood is often an uphill battle. I truly believe we are better women and mothers when we stick together. If you are a mama or anxiously waiting to become a mama, I hope you always feel connected, loved, and supported in this community. If you are enjoying today's conversation and want to ensure you never miss an episode, please be sure to subscribe or follow the Coffee and Grace podcast. Also, I'd love nothing more if you could leave me a review and share what you think. Your feedback is so, so valuable to me and it helps me when planning future episodes and to ensure the content I am creating is exactly what you're looking for. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. I'm so glad you're here. So would you agree when, I'm sure you heard it lots when you were going through your journey, like, you know, the best things in life are are worth waiting for, or trust me, when you get there, it'll be worth it. Or, you know, it'll be better than you ever imagined it would be. Did you feel that when it finally happened for you? Did you were like, okay, nod your, I get it. (laughs) I understand. When people said it, I was like, you say it to me one more time and we're never going to speak again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you know, but you just get so tired of hearing it because that's not encouraging. That's not what someone needs at that point in time. They don't need to hear what everyone else is already telling them. They personally, for us, we needed someone just to sit down and actually understand, like um, hold our hands and just be that support or that prayer warrior, that prayer tribe that we really needed, not just to tell us the same cliches over and over. Because they're really not helpful, are they? <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even close. Especially yeah. I felt they often came from people who didn't understand the journey. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, and I'm sure it was coming from a good place when they said it, because I think oftentimes people don't know what the right thing to say is. So that just Absolutely. seems like. It's like right a fallback. Say, right. Yeah, it's a fallback. But yeah. yeah, it's just sometimes better just to sit with them in that you know, that pain and that grief and that loss and just to sit there and listen and support um, and everybody, for anybody that looks differently, what what they might need as well. Right. So what would you say, there's probably been a lot, listening to your story, I'm sure you can't just pick one, but <laughs> if you could <laughs> or um, describe it, what would you say was the most challenging part emotionally and mentally about building your family? I'd have to say it's two things, but I kind of feel they go hand in hand. It would be the unknown and the rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, the unknown reasons as to why healthy, happy human beings is no has no identified medical reason as to why we can't have biological children right now, of course, right? Medical advances still need to catch up. Um, the unknown of whether or not that each time we'd present, if we'd be rejected again or if we'd be chosen. Um, 
that rejection, man, it just rips into your heart. No matter how hard you try to protect it, it just makes you question everything. Yeah, um, no, I would in yourself, right? Like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say those are the two hardest things for sure. So now that you're a mama, so how old is your little boy? He will be four months next week. Aww. Well, that's great. And so you've been a mama for four months. And so far, what has been your favorite part about motherhood? You know, I could be the stereotypical everything, but... <laughs> And that's true. Like, we I understand that now. Like sleep deprivation. <laughs> we know you don't like you know, to be that. Those, like, his one, the 2.30 party yesterday morning, that was kind of rough. I'm not going to lie. But he's so happy. Um, I think his my favorite part is just watching him learn, think, process, discover. Um, every day is new. And every day is an opportunity. Um, which seems like every day is better than the last. And that seems impossible. But watching him discover the world around him and then get so excited over the smallest things. You're like, yes, you did shake your rattle. Good job. But to him, he just mounted the next mountain. You know what I mean? Like he's on for the next one and watching him process and think it's just really cool. Yeah. Watching him become his own little human. Yeah. I would say that's one of my favorite parts too, as well. Seeing them become their own people and experiencing the world and watching it through their eyes as well is pretty yeah. exciting. Yes. Um, those are what, those are the words I was looking for. Good job. Oh, no problem. <laughs> it's what you said. I just said it differently. <laughs> um, so any advice or sort of words of encouragement to other women going through their own difficult journey to motherhood, any way to provide them hope to if they're in the thick of their journey, maybe it's on a waiting list for adoption, maybe it's even their infertility journey, whatever that might look like. Um, Any advice or words of encouragement just to keep them pushing along for one more day? You know, I know it's super hard to do, but don't compare your journey with anyone else's. It does absolutely no good. Um, You have no idea what they went through or what they're going through. Um, your story was meant to be written that way for a reason. So share it. Someone else needs to hear it. Um, so when you reached out and said, would you be interested? And I said, yes, without even thinking about it. And then I thought, oh, but (laughs) we went through this. We went through everything. Um, because so someone else didn't have to, so someone else can use our experiences and avoid those things, or at least have the information and the knowledge, um, to handle it. Um, It's hard, but try to accept each no, each negative pregnancy test, each time you feel rejected. Those are someone else's yeses, right? So um, Mm. it's you letting go and not being so selfish. And it's one month Mm. closer. Uh, That rejection has nothing to do with you. Um, Wow. One of my favorite quotes is, God is still writing your story, so stop trying to steal your pen. Um, It's pretty true because something is so much bigger and better than what you're hoping, wishing, and praying for. You can do this, ladies. I know you can. Oh, that's beautiful. That is really great advice. I love that. And I love that quote that you shared. That's very powerful. Very powerful. It is. Wow. So I have just loved listening to your story. I know when I reached out to you and asked, I had followed you on social media. And just honestly was just captivated and fell in love with your journey and your story. And you were just exactly like the type of person that just truly encompasses like 
why I created Coffee and Grace and what I want this community to look like and the people that I want a part of it. And I know you have your own platform as well to share your journey. And just like you said, to support other women and to share your story in hopes that maybe it would help someone else out or answer a question that they might be too scared to seek or don't even know what the question is to ask. And I know that was me personally. I didn't even know what I needed. I didn't know what I didn't know, basically. And I could have really used more people being open and honest and sharing their stories through different platforms to support me. And so I always say, like, when we know better, we do better. Like when, So I think I don't want someone else to go through that. And so I know you are also doing that with different platforms. So can you share with everybody, um, with the Coffee and Grace community, how they can get in touch with you and continue to stay engaged with your journey? Absolutely. And thank you for allowing me to do so. Um, We created Chasing Parenthood. So we have ChasingParenthood.com. And on there is um, some questions that we wished we would have been able to ask or have known to ask and additional resources that we didn't know at the time. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at Chasing Parenthood or Chasing Parenthood CO on Facebook. Um, I try to be very real and honest in all of our posts, but I also see the world in a positive view. So I try to put that positive spin that we see in our lives on those posts as well. And I would love for you guys to follow us or reach out and share your story as well. That's great. And you won't be disappointed. I know I have checked out her blog and her website, her Instagram. I'm basically stalking you, Sarah. So, but it's gentle stalkers are allowed. Gentle stalkers are allowed. Um, But like I said, you won't be disappointed. So I'll be sure to tag all of that up in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that and you're frantically trying to write it down or remember it, I will link all of those platforms so you can connect to Sarah directly um, or just follow along with her journey and read her posts. You will not be disappointed and I encourage you all to do so. So thank you so much, um, Sarah. Is there anything else you would like to share with? No, just a big thank you to you for allowing me to have this opportunity. Um, It's been a very humbling experience. So thank you very much. Thank you. So Thank you again for everybody for listening. Thank you again to to you, Sarah, for being so open and honest and sharing your story with the entire Coffee and Grace community. So as we continue to kick off season two of the Coffee and Grace podcast, each week I will be sitting down with women in this community and listening to their personal stories to motherhood. And then I will share all those stories back with you. Each episode will be released weekly on Thursdays. So my hope is that by sharing these stories, it provides some hope to those who are going through their own difficult, hard journey. And for those of you that had a difficult road to motherhood, I hope it makes you feel more connected to these women who are sharing their stories, who truly understand the strength, patience, and love it takes to build your family. So if you enjoyed listening to our conversation today, be sure to listen next Thursday for episode three of Journey to Motherhood. And if you miss episode one of Journey to Motherhood, please be sure to check it out. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening and have a great day.